Support for this episode of Good One comes from the Wondery Podcast WikiHole. You know what a WikiHole is. We've all been there. You look up a certain celebrity to see how tall they are and whether they've said anything cringe about vaccines. Before you know it, you're 10 minutes into reading about something called a toast sandwich. That's basically what it's like to listen to WikiHole, only funnier. Every episode is a new rabbit hole to explore with host Darcy Carden and her favorite comedian friends, loaded with unforgettable new information you'll literally never need to know. And that's why it's great. Follow WikiHole on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to WikiHole ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smart Water Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. It was real scary, man. I mean, I make fun of it, but it, it happened real fast, and I'd never seen this thing ever. And his face was right here, and big eyes, and he was going, <laughs> and then, so when the ranger gets there, I'm thinking she's going to hit him with a broom or something. Hey, bitch, she going <laughs> to sit there and give me a lecture like she Jack Hanna. Hello, and welcome to Good One, a podcast about jokes. I'm your host, Jesse David Fox. Each episode, a guest comes on to play a clip of one of their jokes and then discusses how they wrote it and how it fits into what they're trying to do with their comedy. One thing before we get into the episode and guest and joke, starting next week, Good One, this podcast, is moving to Thursdays. Same podcast, just a different day. And that day is Thursday. But this week, the episode is out today, assuming you're listening to it the day it came out. And our guest is Tony Woods, who this month has a half-hour set as part of Tiffany Haddish's They Ready series on Netflix. It's funny to frame Woods that way, since he's been around since the 80s, establishing himself as as one of the most distinct and influential comedic voices in stand-up through the 90s. At this point, he might be best known for being Dave Chappelle's mentor. Uh, They both started in D.C., and, and Tony is a bit older than Dave, who started as a teenager, And um, as a favor to Dave's mom, Tony would sometimes drive Dave home after sets. But once you know of that relationship, you sort of can't unsee the similarities. So much of Tony's pacing and tone is in Dave, not to mention that sort of distinct mixture of being really present and really loose on stage. Tony, however, as you'll see, has more of a guru energy to him with a tendency to sort of talk elliptically. it's really hard to describe how Tony talks, but you sort of like get it. Um, I had no idea that they um, had anything to do with each other when I first heard of Tony Woods. Like I was a big Dave Chappelle fan, but then I so distinctly remember Tony Woods 2001 Comedy Central Presents because it's just like me and my friend in high school were just like, we've never seen anything like this. There's just, it's like so silly, but like grounded and you couldn't tell what was real or what wasn't real. And I just, me and my friend would be like, he has this joke about a monkey and we just couldn't believe how funny it was. So I was so excited just to talk to him about like how he does this stuff he does. The set of jokes we're going to talk about comes from a set he did in 2012 in the Netherlands. See, the other thing about Tony Woods is the dude plays 
everywhere. He's like constantly touring abroad and it has such an influence on his style where, you know, some comedians are like, I'm going to do me wherever I am. Tony starts his set by just sort of feeling out who the audience is because he can sort of play for anyone. He just sort of needs to figure out who they are. And that sort of relationship is the sort of distinctly Tony Woods style that had such an influence on Dave. So here is Tony Woods. Well, I guess you're thinking, wow, this guy doesn't have any jokes planned. Nope. <laughs> I don't. I'm just going to stay up here and waste time for a little while. Because you know how I feel right now. You ever get to work and you think to yourself, man, fuck this job. That's how I feel right now. I go all over the place, man. All over the world. I've been everywhere. I haven't been to Africa yet, but everywhere. I was in Scotland, and I called one of my buddies back in the States, and I said, yeah, I'm in Scotland. And he said, yeah. <laughs> Which means I don't give a fuck. <laughs> but he said to me something that black people in America say to one another when the other travels. say, hey, you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm good. He said, hey. Is it a lot of white folks? I'm like, what? Motherfucker, this is where they make white people. This is their Africa. And I, I don't know if you've ever been to that part of the country, like Scotland, Ireland. They not only have white people, they got fucking orange people too. <laughs> <laughs> no, look around. Sometimes you see people with a little red hair, but that's it. A little red, you know? But there's like, Ooh, put a hat on or something, man. Something's going to catch fire. And I know I shouldn't talk about people. But that was amazing when I was in China and like we had a Korean guy with us. And people were staring at us. There's me, another black dude, and this Korean guy, and people staring at us. And the Korean guy goes, they're staring at us because we are different. <laughs> really? <laughs> Guess I couldn't tell. But I guess it's the same with white people. Look at black people. You know, I could take three black men from different parts of the world right now. You know, black people know who they are. We, you know, like you could take, you could take like a guy, you know, from the Caribbean. He's the guy standing backwards with the hat full of laundry. <laughs> You're like, Nigel, if you take that fucking hat off, maybe you could stand up straight. And then, then you got the, you know, the black American, African American, what do they call us now? <laughs> they used to just call us niggas, but now, but you recognize it changes from different parts of the U.S. You might be bald head, you might have braids, you might have a bush, but most times always got a pistol. So, it's easy to recognize him. Yeah. I'm joking. And then you got the true black man, you know, from Africa, straight from Africa. Sometimes you don't know him right off, you know. But most times you recognize him because he has a suit with short sleeves. 
and white shoes. <laughs> I'm looking around because I know it may be like a really African guy here and go, hey, I did not like that. <laughs> but unlike the African American, you ain't got to worry about him shooting nobody. But if he pull a straw out of his drink, ooh. I can't feel my leg. <laughs> and it's, you know, it's fun to have fun, I guess, you know. This war thing is killing me. Well, it's killing a lot of people. <laughs> I said, that wasn't supposed to be funny, everybody. You know, nah, man, it's not, it's not cool. I think if we could have sport instead, that'd be cool. I don't mean like, like football or soccer, the regular sports, the, the, you know, the exciting games that you see when you watch the Olympics, those games that you don't never see usually. You know, like that game, you ever see the game when a guy pushes the rock out on the ice and the other guys do like this? <laughs> like it's two janitors and shit with brooms. Like what, like what the fuck are they doing, man? <laughs> All athletes are good. I used, to, I used to run track. I can't do that no more. I can, but not as fast. And I don't like watching track and field. Now, I don't like to watch it, especially with a woman. Because, you know, these guys are much better shape. And, you know, when I ran, we wore, like, shorts and, like, a vest. A little, that's it. That's it. But now they wear these outfits that go, and cling. And you see them running. And then they come around the corner. And all you see is. And you're thinking, I don't, I don't want to watch this anymore. And she says, wait, I want to see the end. The, the end is already hanging out. What are you talking about? He's in third place, but clearly he's the winner. A woman asked me an interesting question the other day. She says, why do you call it a blowjob? And I'm like, I didn't name it. You know what I'm saying? Because if it was up to me, it would just be called, uh, 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 yeah, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> she says, why do you call it a blowjob? Because you don't <laughs> blow. And I'm like, I don't know what you do. <laughs> it's like good food. Like, I don't know how you prepared it, but it is fucking delicious. I am here with Tony Wood. Thank you for joining me. Hey, no, thank you. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Um, so how did you start traveling for stand-up regularly? Like, how did that become a, a major part of your touring? Um, the first time I went overseas was, uh, I think it was like 93. We went to the Edinburgh Festival, mm-hmm. which was which was mind-blowing, man. And when we, when we first got there, it was, comedy was a portion of it. But mm-hmm. now it's grown comedy is probably 80% of, yeah. of it, you know, but it's usually like it was when we were there, there were actors, circus performers, all kinds of stuff. The, the, who was there? Um, the Jim Rose Sideshow, the Lady Boys of Bangkok, uh, just all kinds, all kinds of theater, a lot of Shakespeare stuff. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And then a lot of, uh, comedy and street performers from all over Europe. Just not that many, um, Americans. We were like just a few of us. Do you remember then as as 
touring and playing overseas became more and more part of your your life. Do you remember doing it and being a time where you're like, I like this, I like the opportunity to do this? Do you have specific memories where you're like, this it's exciting or just like it's a interesting for you as a as a comedian? It just I don't I don't know how I, I became that guy. But uh, in 93, it was uh, a few of us, yeah. Americans and stuff. And from that, I met some people. And then they brought me back a few months later, went to Germany. But that, we were in Germany, but we were performing for Americans, you know, military people. And then from that, other people, then I started to do the UK. And um, and then the next thing you know, I did the Comedy Central special thing that you're talking about. And someone in Australia goes, Hey mate, would you like to come down under? <laughs> and I did. And I did. Yeah. But yeah, just I, I don't know, because now all the comedians call me the guy who does all the international travel. <laughs> and and they go, What do you say to them? And I'm like, I do the same. I do the same. It just, you know, you it, it, it's like like Michael Jordan plays basketball, but he plays a different different game than he does in Boston than he would in LA, you know, mm-hmm. so it's like that. So it's a good game, but it's a it's you know, you tweak it. And some of the guys don't understand. Like, you know, I see guys from New York City, I've seen them not even as far, not even overseas. I see them guys come to Delaware and talk yeah. about the subway. I'm like, what are you doing, dog? Nobody's there's no subway in Ohio. Cut it yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> So you got to know little little stuff like that, man. Is having being able to sort of test your material on so many different audiences, did 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 um, having an international perspective change your worldview, alter your worldview, change yeah, how you was. approach stand-up? Yeah. Yeah, it, of course, man. It, it, I think the main thing is just let me see how the rest of the world looked at America. That was, that was crazy. Like, you know... Especially in the UK, man. In the UK, everybody in America is fat and stupid, but they can't wait to get here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. And um, just yeah. And 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 they like this is in the early '90s, where mm-hmm. they assumed that we were the the average American was involved as pol- in his politics as they were. Yeah. You know they they seem to be we're not <laughs> but i mean thanks thanks to the last president everybody's interested in politics now you know it's like it's it's like you were sleeping on the bus and now you're waking up you're like wait a minute this guy's driving off the road so so now everybody's kind of interested and and uh well you know you know you because most people say well i'm a republican or a democrat and they just go i guess i vote for the rest of them mm-hmm. and you don't know what those Democrats, what those Republicans' policies are. And I remember, I mean, this is with like drunk, rowdy people. I was in Scotland once. She goes, hey, what do you think of your man, George Bush? <laughs> I'm like, I, you know, I don't really know George Bush because he's never spit in my face mm-hmm. while asking me a question, son. <laughs> so, you know what I'm saying? You know, and then, uh, and, 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 and I'm going to tell you something. It was like, you you would hear like comedians over there bash America so bad. You're like, hold up, son. Like I remember this one guy. He used to do 20 minutes on how stupid Americans were, and the actual things that. And I'm like, well, you know, just talking to him, you know, as a comedian after the show. I'm like, well, you know, how? how he says, I've, 
He says, I've only been once. I'm like, you just you just went through a whole thing about Americans and different parts of America. He said, when he was a kid, they went to Disney. That's it. He yeah. said, he said he went to he went to Disney. I'm like, well, first of all, most of those people was from another country that you met anyway. You know what I'm saying? You know, yeah. And I know Americans kind of want their comedy like bam mm-hmm. right there. I, and and I know uh, people in the United Kingdom they want they want you to go, you know, which which hand is the funny hand? <laughs> yeah, they, yeah. they 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 kind of want to figure it out a little bit, you know. They don't want it like bam right there in your face. Yeah. But it was it was it 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 was like different places, you know, like different parts of the UK, like of course London and stuff like that. Well, boom boom and Birmingham, they they got it. Like when you go to the Netherlands, you go. And a lot of American comedians are intimidated by that. They go, well, they don't even speak. I'm like, they speak English better than a lot of uh, Americans because Dutch is uh, English, French, and German combined. And all the television they get in Holland is American television. Because when you hear, when you hear Dutch people speak English, it, it sounds like somebody from television. So yeah. most of them have California accents anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, so yeah, so talk about the set. Um, I've I've always been interested in how you start your sets because like no matter the venue or the set, I feel like you you start and you don't you never just go into your material. You're sort of just yeah. like you you can feel you looking at the audience and before like what are you looking for right before you start a set? Before you start doing your material, what is that moment? Well, I'm just trying to feel them out, lower their expectations. <laughs> Uh, you know what I'm saying? And, and I got to tell them, I'm like, like, so tell me, when you get to work, you just start in? You just, you no, you don't. You kind of get there, you kind of, you know, get some coffee, talk to somebody. You see the game last night? Man, man, that was crazy. You know, it's <laughs> you know, it's cold outside, isn't it? I heard it's going to snow tomorrow. <laughs> you know, you do a little bit of that. Yeah, yeah. Then, then you start producing. So when they understand that, then I'm doing the same thing that they're doing. Cause cause I don't really like do what people call jokes or material. Yeah. yeah. Cause cause it's always like, you know, like when you are when you are doing a show and they have people, technical people like directors or whoever, and they go, Okay, what are you gonna start with? What are you gonna end with? How are you gonna close? How you gonna, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, dog. I I gotta walk. I, I don't I won't know until I get there. Don't don't prepare a teleprompter for me to read because that's a waste of your time because I'm not going to read it. <laughs> you tell me what we need to talk about and I'll go and I'll feed off like I did a show called Tough Crap with um, mm. with my man uh, Colin Quinn and rest in peace Patrice O'Neill and Keith Robinson and, and all those guys. And they had some joker ask me what I wanted to talk about the next day and, and this and that and I'm like, all right. And then the guy, he met me in makeup, and he's like, I came up with this stuff. I'm like, that sounds good, dog. <laughs> and they put it on the teleprompter. And I guess they, what's his name, Jeff Singer. He was the yeah. director. Because I could tell he was like, like, look that way. Like, but I was sitting in my chair like this, and we were just kicking it. Because all of them, I noticed, all of them were like looking at their teleprompter doing I wasn't doing that. I was just going. You know? Yeah, they would pre-write the jokes, they would say, and you just 
Yeah, I can't do that. Yeah. Like people say, I know you wrote some a uh, lot of good stuff during the pandemic. I didn't write nothing before it, man. So <laughs> what make you think I wrote something now? I was working for Grubhub. I was <laughs> so, delivering food. Yeah, I, I've heard you talk about how you don't necessarily write material. You sort of like, you remember things that have kind of worked and it's sort of there. So like when you're, you know, in this set, you sort of walk to the stage. You, do you have nothing yeah. planned? You're just sort of like, okay. Nothing. Nothing. I'm going to be honest with you. Nothing. But I may look out into the audience and I'll see a woman or I'll see a man. I may see a drink. I may look at some furniture. I may look at the curtains that'll remind me of something that I know is funny. Mm -hmm. And I'll just go from there. But then again, like a jazz musician, I have my standards. Like, yeah. you know, I have I have the ones I go, oh, I'll do this one. Do, 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 do. You know, I, I'm like, they'll like that. Or either whatever's going on, I'll bring that into a tied in and then put it out that way. But um, I've always, I have know stories about musicians and stuff like that. Like, um, it's a lot of musicians who are really good musicians, mm -hmm. but can't read music. Some of them can't read or write music. And I'm like, oh my God, I think that's me. <laughs> you know, you can, play, go, you can play everything. You just don't know yeah, what it is. Exactly. What is then your ideal dynamic between doing your like you, you start doing a show and you're interacting with the audience what you know when it goes well what does that look like what is the sort of are you doing any material is it all just sort of flowing i see people say i come to this city to do a special because the crowd is so good here but you know i i could do my special here whatever city i'm in and it's gonna be special for them because yeah. it's gonna be stuff i'm gonna talk about this only for them you know, like I was in Minnesota this weekend and I was talking about the 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 the, the weather. It was one degrees. I said, and the man just said, he says, it's going to be one degree. I'm like, that's it? Just one. That's just it. And I was the only one dressed in a coat and all of this other stuff. Everybody else had on like hoodies and a vest yeah. and because it was a dry cold. It was uh wasn't uncomfortable at all. But don't stand still in it. Because I found out a very valuable lesson. I was waiting for Uber, and then my feet started hurting, and I was walking to the Uber, and it was, I mean, it was killing me. The corns on my toes froze. Mm -hmm. No lie. The corns on my toes and the backs of my fingernails were, were like, frozen. And, and, but my, I was, I was good. And it, it just reminded me of when you're driving down the highway and you see a sign that says, uh, bridge freezes before road. Like, you ever see that sign? And you're like, mm -hmm. what's that mean? Now I know the corns on your toes are the bridge. So that's, you know, so that's what you would talk about. I talked about that because that's what they know. They know that. And I would tell them. I said, I said, who's been, who's ever lived on the East Coast? Who ever been to the East Coast, right? I said, and remember when you were on the East Coast and they said, it's going to be 20 degrees a day. And you're like, we wear shorts in 20 degrees. And then you almost froze to death. And they were like, yeah. Like, yeah. 
because it's a different because our our cold is a yeah. it's more of a it's a painful like 30 degrees is painful when you walk outside but where, wherever i'm at as like if i'm in aruba i tell jokes about snorkeling and the heat and this and that and, and iguanas and so it's it's where you are yeah so to yeah. talk about um i want to talk about some of the material in this set so um you start by talking about Scotland um, and your friend asking you if you're okay and asking you if there are black people there, you know, and then you talk about the white people there. Um, okay. As a matter of fact, yeah. that is the first, I know what, I know what you're talking about. That's the very first time they went to, to Scotland and that was in, um, in 93. And, um, and I remember I called my mom. And I said, I'm, I'm here now, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, it was a, a five-hour difference. Yeah. So it was like morning. Maybe it was like 11-ish. So that means it was 6 a.m. And and she's like, oh, well, how is it? Is it nice? And it just took me back to when I was a kid and we lived in North Carolina. They said, we're going to call you when we get to Richmond. We're going to call you. This is coming from Charlotte, North Carolina. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like, well, how, you know, how's the ride? How's this? You got a place to stay? How's the food? And I, for whatever reason, the last question was always whispered, like, is there a lot of white folks? Like, that, you know, it's like, I mean, but that was real shit back then. Because yeah. it was like, are there a lot? Of, even though I can, I can actually make a joke about it now, but that was real shit. And, and I, and I, so I, I did that. As, and then I go, what? I'm like, this is where they make white people. I'm like, this is their Africa, you know? I'm, and then I say, first of all, these white people are way wider. And they not only have white people, they got some um, gingerbread people too, you know? Okay, now the first day I got there, I got there, the other guys had already been there. So the guy's talking to me on the phone. We're standing at the flat. He says, well, go down to the corner market. These are other comedians you were with? Yeah, but this is one of the producers of the gotcha. show. And he's telling me what to do. And he goes, um, you're going to catch a black taxi. That's what they call the black, the big ones. Catch yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah. Black cabs are going to go there. He says, and, um, you're going to go to the corner market. And, um, the, there's going walking there. It's going to be a wee ginger woman and she has the keys. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay. I dog. Right. So I'm thinking he's trying to be politically correct. By calling, you know, because I never heard nobody call nobody ginger before. I'm thinking ginger brown, maybe. So I go, it's two markets. I go in one market and there's a short redhead woman and I look in there at her. But, you know, of course, she's doing something. And I just turn around like maybe it's the store across the street. I go across the street and there's an Indian woman in there. That's got to be the ginger woman. She used to call up ginger, yes. right? Ginger bread. <laughs> ginger bread is brown. So I'm like, yo, I'm here you know, to get the keys. Mm -hmm. I was probably a little intimidating because, you know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm six two, and this woman was small and Indian and she was, I don't think her English was that good. I'm like, yo, I'm Tony Woods. You got the key. <laughs> yo, you got the key. And she looking around like for help. Somebody help me. This guy, I've seen him in the movies. He's a killer. <laughs> like that, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> anyway, these two young guys come out and say, he says, he says, what's going on, Mike? Like that. Like, even though they said it like that, I could tell that they ready for action. I'm like, what's up, man? I'm here for the keys, man. He says, I don't know what you're talking about. Like that. Like they still yeah. kind of looking tough. I'm like, hey, man, 
such and such told me to come here, get the key for the flat. You know, what's what's up? He said, he, you sure he told you to come here? I'm like, yeah, man. He said, come here. It's just gonna be, it's just gonna be a little, a little black woman and blah, blah. Then the Indian guy says, there's no black woman on this block, mate. And I'm like, first of all, your grandmother, whoever that is, is darker than me. So <laughs> you may not want to call her a black woman, but motherfucker, that's a black woman. So she just, even though she got the wrap around. But anyway, so, and then I said, yo, my man said, he said she was short. I, and she was short. I said, I know he said short because she said, he said we. I know that means short. And then I said, he said, he said, a wee ginger woman. And they started laughing. They, then they want to meet me. They go, mate, where you from? I'm like, from New York, blah, blah, blah. He says, okay, first of all, ginger means redheaded. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, he said, yeah, ginger means redheaded. They were laughing. And he and explains to me, he says, you usually call um, Asian people brown. I'm like, I ain't seen no Asian people. And he says, ah, well, he says, over here, <laughs> we refer to Indian and Pakistani people as Asian. And I'm like, what you call Asian people? He says, Oriental. I'm like, okay. I... And, and me and him walked across the street and got the key. And the lady says, she was like a feisty little Scottish woman. She's like, uh, you know, I'm getting the keys. You just ran out. <laughs> I'm like, but we ended up meeting them and they hung out, you know. I came to some of the shows. It was me, Renee Hicks, uh, Suli McCullough, you know him? Sounds familiar. Yeah, and, and, and Dave Chappelle. We were over there doing, uh, oh, and Ian Edwards. You know Ian Edwards? Yeah, yeah, yeah. From um, Punked. Yeah, it was all of us. Ian and Suli and Renee had their own show, and Dave had his own show. But I was all over the festival, and I think that helped me, and that's how I started going here and going there, playing all over the place. So the next joke is then you talk about being in China with a Korean guy, and then them being him going, they think we... Because they're looking at us because we look different. And then you sort of making this realization. <laughs> yeah. But that's like that's like two different adventures in one. The first one, we went to Japan. Went to Japan. And there's one guy with us who's Korean. Big shout out to my main man, Kevin Shea. <laughs> Kevin Shea. Kevin Shea, who was Korean. Mm-hmm. The guy, we the taxi, the doors open up automatically. So the guy's talking, we're driving, and the guy starts to speak Japanese to Kevin. And Kevin says, hey, dude, first of all, I'm not Japanese. I am Korean. Stops the car. <laughs> and he goes, blah, 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 blah. makes Kevin get in the back. I have to get in the front. And then we he take us on into town. <laughs> and then so... The other, the other thing was, uh. The joke is ends up in China. Yeah, but yeah, you know, I, I, I tweak it for, um. Yeah, for, yeah, of course, yeah. In the joke, you say everyone was staring at you. Yes. And I guess Kevin and being like. Okay, I remember, no, it wasn't Kevin. I remember that. We were in Shanghai. And it was me and another comedian named Ian, uh, Salmon. And this, and this beautiful Filipino girl. And we're walking. And people were staring at us. 
And we're like, wow, because Chinese people don't give a fuck about staring at you. They'll stare, they just, they'll stop what they're doing. And I'm like, come on, dog. You had to have seen one of me before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she goes, the Chinese are so weird. And they only stand at us because we look so different than them. So you combine the stories. Yeah, I combine the stories. But after a few days of being there, I can see what she meant. Like, wow, because she looked totally different from them other than just being Asian. But I didn't notice it at first. So then how did you then go to the next step of how white people would then think all black people look the same? Because they do. <laughs> and I mean, but it's just, it's just, it's just making a point of everybody. You like, you don't know. Cause I, I do another thing where I say I'm on tour and, and it's the guy who set up the tours want somebody from every walk of life. And I say we went to China and we had a Chinese guy. And then I say to the audience, I'm like, well, you know, it wasn't Chinese, Chinese, you know. Which most people assume that means that he grew up in America and he's not. No, I sit down because, you know, he was Korean and they go, ah, they scream. So, and then when I was in Australia, I met Aboriginal people from down there. Mm-hmm. And they were like, wow. And they were like looking at me. Now, to me, they all looked exactly alike. And they were looking at me and they were like, oh, man. And I'm like, yeah, I'm Tony Woods. They go, yeah, you look just like Tiger Woods. And then and then I said I was doing a comedy show. They go, yeah, it's Eddie Murphy. Ah. I was every black man from America they had ever seen. And they were all looking at me, telling me who I look like. And I was like, I don't even know who the fuck y'all are. <laughs> y'all all look alike. I did that in uh, New Zealand. Have you ever been in New Zealand? I have not. Okay, New Zealand, uh, the people, the the natives are Maoris, and they, yep. they, they're big people, but they're not fat. They're big and agile. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't think as a fat dude, you can just run behind a parked car and go, ah, you can't catch me. No, they'll kick your ass. But to the untrained eye, they look just alike, you know. And I went to this club across the street from the casino where we performing. And everybody said, yo, that's you. Because they had the big thing coming up on the casino with my face on it going in. And then the next night I went in. I'm like, yo, what's up? And me and the dude, it's a guy. And I'm talking to him. And he was like, I've never met you before. I'm like, I'm like come on. I'm like, come on, son. Remember last night we was here? Got it. Yeah. Um, in in the joke, you talk about how you can you notice Caribbean people because they're leaning back because they got all this stuff in their hair. And I was thinking you have a different joke also about how people from the Caribbean lean back because the sand is so hot. Yeah. You ever walk out to the water? You know, you go to the beach and it's real hot. And you're like, ah, ah, ah. Yeah. But yeah. So it's just I just make fun of a person seeing things for the first time. I'm just like, mm. yeah, like a like. I like guess it's okay to have a world traveler. You got it, like an Anthony Bourdain. He travels the world. He's just, now these people are famous for this and they're famous for that. And they eat this and they do that. And these are their traditions and this and that. Wouldn't it be more fun? Because with me, I kind of walk you through it. I kind of walk you through I walk you through it as you. You don't know yeah. anything. You know, and a lot of this, this stuff is real for real. Like, you know, like when I told people I was attacked by an emu. That happened. I had never heard of an emu, never heard of it. But I saw him and he was maybe a hundred yards away. I was in a wildlife park in Australia and it was hot. And they have those Jiffy Johns, those public toilets. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> Somebody shit it all. I don't know, man. I was I was like, I ain't using that with a perfectly good tree right here. So I used a tree. And it's what I thought, because he was so far away, I thought it was a flamingo. It's so far away. I'm peeing. I look back. And I'm like, I didn't see that other one. But it wasn't another one. It was the same one. But that's how fast he had run. And then right when I turn my head again, he starts to come. And I I try to describe how fast he is. You ever see like guys on motorcycles, sport bikes, and they take off? Mm-hmm. That is how fast that thing ran up on me. And I'm peeing and I go on flip-flops and I fall up against a tree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he's going. But he's in a wildlife park. Now they got they got talons that are like mm-hmm. this, like, like that long. But they had shaved his down. So, but he was scratching, not scratching me, just rubbing it on my chest and, and I'm hitting his arm, hitting his arm. And then the park ranger came over and she gave me a little lecture on peeing outside. <laughs> she said, she, she said, this is his house. This is his living room. She's saying all this yeah. with a, with a Australian accent. And, and she says, and imagine someone coming to your house and just peed on your furniture, you know, and, and he's got to protect his family and those other six birds and all those other little emus are his. He protecting his family. He says, and when he was doing that, he was trying to disembowel you. <laughs> yeah. So probably I wasn't the first dude to pee in that park. Cause they yeah. had they had shaved his uh shaved his talons on, but it was it was real scary, man. I mean, I make fun of it, but it it happened real fast, and I'd never seen this thing ever. And his face was right here, and big eyes, and he was going, <laughs> and then so when the ranger gets there, I'm thinking she's going to hit him with a broom or something. Hey, bitch. She go, <laughs> she go sit there and give me a lecture like she Jack Hanna on what I'm supposed to not do in the wildlife park. Um, as a person who's seen you and seen a lot of shows, to you, what are the sort of rules that everyone else is obeying that you aren't, and what makes Tony Woods Tony Wood? Well, that's just it. Um, I don't know, cause they all have rules. They all have. Uh, they stay within the box, man. And you know, I told you when I was in the Navy, I was stationed at Annapolis, which is a Navy, it was a prim and prep. And there was a guy who had more rank than me who fucking hated me so much. <laughs> he says, I'm going to show you because usually you're going to go to another duty station or you're going to go on a ship. No, he sent me with the Marines. He said, I'm gonna make you I'm gonna make you military if it's the last thing I do. Which made it even better because we went with the Marines and we ended up jumping out of planes and shit. We did a lot of shit. All kind of good shit. Because someone's always trying to make me walk like them and talk like them and be like them. As a matter of fact, that guy was talking about Barry Katz. He used to always sing to me, I did it my way. <laughs> we'll be right back with more Tony Woods. Support for this episode of Good One comes from the Wondery podcast, WikiHole. Do you know when Crystal Pepsi was discontinued? Or what was in Al Capone's vault? Or which famous meteorologist is Lenny Kravitz's second cousin? 
If not, then you haven't spent enough time on Wikipedia. But that's okay, because you can learn it all on the new podcast, Wikihole, from Smartless Media. Discover the craziest rabbit holes in Wikipedia with host Darcy Carden and her favorite comedian friends as they bring the cyber frontier directly to your tympanic membrane. And if you listen to Wikihole, you'd learn that that's the science-y term for eardrum. Wikihole is a hyperlink roller coaster, starting out on one Wikipedia page and then going from link to link to link to link to link, careening through trivia, oddities, and unexpected connections until everyone wonders, how did we get here? Follow Wikihole on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Wikihole ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or an Apple Podcasts. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Life moves pretty fast. Are you drinking water that can keep up? Smartwater Alkaline has everything you need to stay hydrated, no matter where your day takes you. Whether you're pitching a tent or your next big idea, Smartwater Alkaline can help you perform your best. It delivers a pure, crisp taste that makes it the perfect chaser after a big workout. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. And we're back with Tony Woods. You know, there's this, even in the set, it captures sort of the, the your style. You have a slower pace. Everyone will talk about how comfortable you are on stage. Did it take you a while to develop that style when you started doing stand-up? Were you like, <laughs> I'm going to be this? Like, was it, no, Did you have to figure out how to that's adjust called, to audiences? That's called genetics. Anyway, so yeah, my dad's side of family, they all talk slower and what. <laughs> And when I was a kid, when I was like a kid, and we'll go there. Now, all my life, people always said, man, you talk slow. But then when I was like 11, went to a family reunion with my dad and all of them. And they go, you can tell he from the city, talk so fast. Because <laughs> they were like, you want some more potato salad? <laughs> Uh, in, in in this set, you say something really interesting, which is sort of you do this joke about an African and how you're nervous they're going to have a blow dart and blah, blah, blah. And then you laugh at yourself and you go, it's fun having fun. How essential is that part of it? Because I feel like comedians before you had to be very proper on stage, like they were putting on a show. And yeah. I feel like part of what is so influential about you is that you feel like you're yourself. You feel like you're having fun. You're feeling like you're cracking yourself up first and foremost yeah i'm i'm enjoying like you know like some people do the jokes for the people like they bring the comedy to you you know it's i just kind of sit there like you can come in if you want it's, it's like a brothel i'm not gonna chase you you better come in here if you want some so one thing i've heard you say that i found was really interesting which is call yourself uh you call your comedy bilingual in that you can play both quote-unquote mainstream crowds and, and black rooms. Yeah. Can you talk about what does that mean? What does that mean for your act? Well, first of all, I'm, I grew up in Washington, D.C. Washington, D.C. is like, you know, it's, it's just not... um. Most people think it's like all oh, hood and it's not. And it, most, you know, a lot of people have government jobs here and because it is the government you know you, you'd be surprised yo you know such and such yeah his mom writes speeches for bill clinton what okay <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. yeah so it may have gotten wild in the 80s with the, with the drugs and stuff like that but still and the comedy club i started out here and um the guy used to tell us like oh you can't say that so he started us out like me martin lawrence Dave Chappelle, uh, Tommy Davidson, uh, a lot of us 
couldn't curse or wasn't allowed to curse, mm. man. Like Wanda Sykes. Yeah. So we had to be funny without cursing, without the easy stuff, like, 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 like talking about doo doo, stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. See, yeah. doo doo is always funny. So yeah, yeah. little stuff like that. He didn't allow us to do. And then I remember the first time I went to um, Atlanta and it was like, what? I was like this, because oh, they was talking about doo-doo. They was talking about having sex. Oh, man, they was going raw. So it was like, ah. And then, you know, guys like us had to still be funny behind all of that ruckus, which is good. So it made us not going to tell you we squeaky clean, but, you know, we bring it. We. It's interesting, that mix. It's like I'm thinking about... Um... Like in this set, you talk about blowjobs, but it's not in like a really sexual way. It's like in a really silly way about like where the names come from or in your when you did Def Jam. You, you know, I yeah. saw that the other day. I don't even remember that joke. I don't. I I was in Amsterdam when I said that. It seems like a riff. It was a riff. It has something to do with that weekend. But the <laughs> other thing that 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 story reminds me of is in your your first Def Comedy Jam set. Oh man! I mean, and we would like do it. And it would always kick in after about two minutes. Ah, ah, you start screaming and shit. Ah, that's the best pussy ever. Ah. Man, one day I left her house and her next door neighbor came out. She said, sure, You was working that, boy. I heard her screaming. That was me. <laughs> I went over there one day after I had all this Mexican food and I found out why the booty was so good, man. I went over there and we was doing it just like always. Two minutes can't. It's the best I've ever had in my life. She said, oh, talk to me, daddy. I said, I got a foot. She said, do what you got to do. See what it was? The cat had been behind me licking my balls. That feels so good, man. <laughs> I said, girl, your booty ain't no good. I'm leaving you. Give me this goddamn cat. Everywhere it ends with the cat? Yeah. We don't want to talk about what? that, cause, cause that, that, yeah, that was bad. You know why? Cause um, when her mom saw that, her mom was like, yeah. <laughs> so, so it was. I just yeah, it was, and yeah. and another thing is, is my my ex wife was like, that was very funny. Where you get that from? You know what I'm saying? Cause all of your other jokes come from something you've actually done. <laughs> oh. Oopsie diddle. So sometimes you're telling yourself, yeah, I do remember that. And look, because the cat was, but it was like, the, the, the thing with that, the thing with that, with that joke is bang. It's, I can't, it's hard to do it again because everybody knows the end. Yeah. Because it's the cat joke, and but that's the punchline of the joke. Yeah, that's a, so yeah, let's leave it at that. Maybe some people forgot and I'll do it again for that one. Yeah. <laughs> But that 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 cat was real. That girl was real. But I was married. Not cool. Can you talk about what it was like? 
I remember you've, you've talked about when you came back from service, you had two TV gigs. You had Caroline's yeah. Tommy Hour and, and Def, Def Jam. Jam booked. What was it like doing Def Jam? And then you saw what happened to it. What did it mean? Well, at that time, to me, because the show hadn't aired yet, I didn't understand HBO, you could do anything. Because I was like, yeah. I was like, yeah, this is all good and all funny, but because I was thinking, when this airs, it's gonna be boop, 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 boop. I was like, I'm like, there's no way you can say this shit that we're saying on television. And and I'm and I'm like, since everybody else was going in so hard, and that that cat joke, that was something that I did in the shadiest of clubs. I mean, wow, yeah. that's, that was the late night. Everybody sitting around smoking and drinking. And that was just like a boom. That was a killer. That was like a, that was, that was, that I used to do that. And people were screaming, laughing, because it was just so fucking nasty. And, yeah. and it was something you had to wait for. Cause it's like, where's he going with this? But it was, yeah. it was funny enough to just see me act down having sex and then, then seeing it come out, you know, I don't know what you you did it, and then like came out and Def Comedy Jam became the thing. What do you think its sort of influence was? How do you how do you how do you now think about that time of how important that show was? That show was that show was very important because before that, uh, stand up comedy was either you were already super super famous and you had a big hour long special. Like people didn't even think about the fact that there's other comedians out there working every night who do 10, 15 minutes, you know, in like little bars and restaurants and coming from all over the country with different angles, different perspectives. And most people did couldn't get past the profanity. Yeah. But like I used to say, I used to say, you know, that the guy back in D.C. say no profanity. And I'm like, there's no other way to say, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, we got kicked the fuck out of our apartment today. He said, said, hey, man, that's a profane lifestyle, motherfucker. You can't say, we've been evicted. That's bullshit. Yeah, yeah. You, some, yeah, you can't you can't just serve chicken with no spice on it, baby. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's perfect. Um, in 2019, I thought it was last year, but I forgot that last year didn't count. Um, uh, Dave Chappelle won the Mark Twain Prize, and the first person he thanked was you. You guys have no idea... How you inspired me. I, I, I want to give a special shout out to my OG, Tony Woods. Miles Davis has a, a quote. Uh, it's one of my favorite. Miles Davis said so much cool shit, but, but one of the things he said I always loved, he said, it took me years to learn how to play like myself. You know, he would watch other musicians and he would try to play like Dizzy or Bird or all the guys who were great. Tony Woods was my Dizzy and Bird if I was a Miles. I was trying to play like you. You were the first person I ever saw do it absolutely right. You were fearless and you told the truth. Mr. Tony Woods! He called you, you know, his biggest influence. What was that moment like? I love this when people say, so how did it feel? You ever been in the airport? Yes. Okay, you might go to your gate, like you go to gate 18, right? You get to gate 18, and they say your flight's delayed, your flight's not gonna leave until 3.30, right? Right? And it, and it's three o'clock now, you got time to walk around. Go in the bookstore, you might be in the bookstore, and, and you read a magazine, and then they say your name. 
They said, Jesse Fox, uh, report to gate such and such. You don't even know the person next to you. Go, did they, did they say my name? <laughs> like that, that's, that's, cause that's what I felt like. Did, did they, did they just say my name? Right. Cause I heard my name just didn't hear it come out of Dave's mouth. Yeah. Then, yeah. And then I look up there and then I look, kind of look around. I don't, you can see it on camera. I kind of look around real quick and everybody's looking at me and I'm looking at him and I'm like, Okay. Like you're like like I'm like we didn't practice this. You know, cause I'm thinking I was I was sitting up straight because I didn't know if I was supposed to stand up and take a bow. I didn't. Mm-hmm. I just went like that, like 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 thanks, man. And, and he went on and he was like he was giving accolades, you know, to me, his mom, his wife. And I was like, wow. And I, I and I'm and I'm like, that was nice. But you know, that's not gonna be on the TV show. That's, that's like, I was like, that's nice for tonight, but I don't yeah, think yeah. that's gonna be on a TV show. But it was. I was like, my man. But then when he smoked, when he smoked, I'm like, okay, might be on there. You know, he was, he was yeah. getting it. And I'm gonna tell you something. It's a lot of guys, like a lot of uh, comedians, but it usually happens over a whole bunch of drinks and stuff, and they just go, man, I love you, Tony Woods. I'm like, okay, all right, I love you too. <laughs> so, and they tell me all this stuff that they've learned from it, but I don't don't think I walk around talking wax on, wax off. I don't do yeah, no yeah, shit yeah. like that. It's just we hang out and, and shit just comes out. But no. Yeah, I was wondering because it's like, then you know, the story is that you would sometimes drive Dave home after shows. Yeah. And I was, and it's, and I was like, were you teaching him things or were you just talking about what you were doing? Teaching him the fastest way to his house. <laughs> yeah, because the first time I took him home, he said, okay, go ahead and make a left, now go ahead and make a right, sure, now go yeah, ahead. Yeah. Then we get there, I'm like, dude, that's the bus route. It's took, <laughs> it took, took me the bus route. But, you know, as far as hanging out, yeah, started to hang out after I came to New York. Because remember, I, I went away to the yeah. to Desert yeah. Storm when Desert Storm came back. I want to ask, he specifically said two things, which I thought were interesting, which is that he, he said you were the first person to do it right. Do you, do you have a sense of what that means? <laughs> yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah. Because there was a guy who owned the comedy club. Is a, uh, the, not the first one we started, but the other one called Garins. And so him and the other younger comedians just see me go up there and just smash the place. And and they and this guy Leech, especially, he said, "Don't do what he did. That's just no. That what he's doing is just wrong. No, he said this guy is starting a joke off with the punchline and ending with the setup. <laughs> no, 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 like that. So, yeah. So it's there. And, and then, but I tell you what happens now. This is what happens like in the D.C. community with the old mm-hmm. the old school comedians and stuff." They'll they'll sit around and they'll tell a story and they'll go, yo, I remember the first time I saw Dave and he was up there and he was doing a joke about this and about that. And I'm like, that guy's got it. And I'm like, you son of a bitch. Why would Dave be telling a joke about his son and he was fucking 14? That was me. Like that, but, they, but everybody wants to be on the Dave train now. But they'll yeah. they, they'll tell about when they first met me. And they'll go, yeah, I remember when I first saw him, and he, and then and then they'll tell me like the joke or what the joke was. I'm like that. No. 
He was in high school. What, 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 yeah, what would he know about being a corpsman in the Navy? Fuck out of here. He says, nah, man. He says, nah. This one guy was saying, no. And he said, Dave had the funny joke how how the, the, they would go, you know, we need a corpsman. We need a corpsman. You know, I'll call an ambulance. Something like that. I'm like, dude, what? He was, he was in fucking ninth, 10th grade. But it's just, nobody yeah. wanted his story about when they first met me. It's crazy. Right. Do you see his success and feel like you, you clearly have such an influence on his style and, and you believe in your style of comedy. Do, do you take pride? And like you've influenced many comedians, not just Dave. Yeah, I do. Because it's like this. And, you know, I think some comedians think that they when they come to me and they go, yeah, man, he's being just like you. That motherfucker is being just like you. I'm like. OK. And he's doing well, right? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So, so, and they don't realize what they're doing is it's like coming up to me, telling me how successful my son is. Mm-hmm. Like I'm like, okay, yeah, it's like, yeah, that's yeah, yeah, okay. Well, I feel good that I was that I influenced him for whatever reason. The success didn't, you know, but I. I, you have to be thankful because I've been like all over the world. I can still go to the grocery store. Yeah. Yeah. I can That's still, I can still, I can still walk in the grocery store. I can, you know, I can, you know, all that shit. I can go to, yeah. Because <laughs> you can see your world, your view of how comedy should be done succeed without having to then also not be able to be a regular person anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I get the, I get the, Aren't you? You know who you remind me of? You remind me. You kind of look. What's your name again? Like that. Where's Where's Dave and 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 Kevin? They get that. Yeah. Oh my god! You don't want that shit when you're out with your kids and your wife. You don't, man. One compliment that I started. He, you know, he said you're fearless and um. You told the truth, which I found interesting because one of your albums starts and someone yells at you, keep it real. Uh-huh. And then you respond by saying, um, you know, it's hard because you're planning on talking shit that's kind of true, but not really, that you're planning on lying. So what does truth mean in that context? The sort of like, your there's sort of the emotional truth and also like the fact that you're going to be bullshitting. Yeah. I don't know, man. I guess it's like eating... Uh... It's like eating pie, right? Eat. What about like eating chicken? Chicken is good, right? But we fried it in grease, motherfucker. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's, it's. I don't know how. I don't know. But it's, it's. Uh, yeah, I feel like I'm in fifth grade. You know, you know what I'm saying when you do the math, and then she say, "Oh, yeah. wait a minute, I want to see your work." Well, I don't fucking know. I just, <laughs> I just got the answer. I'll say the the fried chicken metaphor was actually. I ultimately, it's like you have the truth, but that truth is not as funny as if you fried it and yeah. like put seasoning on it. Dang, there you go. Uh, so by the time this comes out, you will have appeared on Tiffany Haddish's "They Ready," um, which he also talks about how influential you are. Not to mention, sort of, I, I think you're set on it's really, really, really funny. Um, what does it mean to have that opportunity right now in your your life and your career? Things will come. When they're supposed to, I guess. And it's like, um, like I've been around other comedians and they go, Hey, you know, 
and like a new comedian, I'll go, hey, how'd you like my set? How you like? And I've been around guys who go, yo, that was horrible. You need to quit. I'm like, whoa. But everybody, I always go, hey, man, that was a great set, man. Hey, dog, yeah. you, you changed my life. You know, I'll just say something good because something good is always something good. And I, you know, like when we first met Tiffany, I mean, she was just, it seemed like she was just, Fucking excited! She gives she gives you the, the the um. It's like a hotel California, cause we all we all been here for a minute, and then she get in. We say we haven't had that spirit since nineteen sixty nine. Like she's like, ah, ah, ah. you know, she, and that's how she was. But at the same time, you were like, whoa, 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 slow down, slow down. You you're doing too much. And she would say, she always makes mention of fact. She said, I told you I was gonna hook everybody up. You know, people. Who she liked or yeah. whatever. And I I want to tell her, do you know how many fuckers I've heard that from? So, you know what I'm saying? So, and, and, but it was always like an insurance policy. She never did that as an insurance policy. But yeah, we worked together a few times. We always have a good time. And then, you know, last year she called me. We're bringing my mom back from a doctor's appointment. And she just called me up and said, hey, man, I'm doing Netflix special. Why don't you be on Netflix special? I'm like, yeah, all right, shorty, whatever. Then she said, blah, 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 blah. And she's talking to me, because we're on Bluetooth. She's talking to my mom, telling my mom what a good guy I am and all this. And then one time, me and her and Dave were together. And she said, she said uh, he stopped me from getting raped. And, and Dave said, me too. <laughs> yeah. But it was... Cause, cause, uh, you know, we, we, we went to Japan, man. We were working with, um, soldiers who were just coming out the mm-hmm. field. And a lot of people don't understand how they're thinking. These guys are aggressive, man. It, they, it's like, it's, it's like somebody let the yard dog in the house. And when a girl do this and she's nice to her, I'm like, you don't know these motherfuckers. So don't think it was like that bad. I was like, Stop being so nice to these dudes. They, <laughs> yeah, they, they get into the yeah, yeah. They like, I think she like me. All of you? No. <laughs> so, so yeah. But I, every time I saw it, she went up and up and up. And the funny thing is, everything that I've ever said to her, she's repeated to me. I'm like, it's like when my sons repeat something to me. I'm like, you were listening? Fuck out of here. <laughs> like that. <laughs> yeah. So... I don't know if you were serious, but I feel like I heard you in an interview many years ago talk about how you were thinking about retiring or you're wondering if you should retire. All the time. Not being serious. Oh, I was all the time. Yeah. So like this is a big unexpected opportunity, time to get an opportunity like this. How do you, how does it feel? How do you feel right now that, especially as we're talking right before it comes out? Okay. Check it out. This is, this is the deal. I always say this is it. I'm not doing comedy no more. It's like you're in a relationship, you know. You go, you know what? I can't do this no more. I'm out. You know what? I'm, I'm taking my stuff. I'm getting out of here. I don't want to be right here no more. Right? That's how I always was. And then the pandemic hit, and it was like coming home from work, and all her shit was gone. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> it's over for real. Right? And yeah. then so, and then all of a sudden, first it was, uh, First it was Dave. Dave called me up and said, hey, come out to Ohio. You're going to do comedy out in the park. Did that. 
how was that? That was a you were there. Kevin was there. Bill Burr was there. Was it? Yeah, I did. I did. Uh, I think I did fifteen minutes on not having any material. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, that. But that it was from the heart. It was. It was. I had. Yeah. 15, had fifteen minutes on not having any material. So and then 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 Tiffany called and I did I did that. Did it so. The pandemic plus these things made you rekindled whatever. You don't feel like retiring right now. No, I didn't feel like I was retired. I just felt like the planet closed. It's over. Yeah. Go back home, boys. It's over. Um, you 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 end all your shows the same way, which is uh, you sort of laugh. You let the laughter die down, and you say, "God bless you." I'm Tony Woods. Yeah. Uh, why do you end your shows that way? Everybody else, they go. And they walk out, and the people, are, yeah, okay, well, that's been done. Yeah, yeah. So I said, and plus, when you walk off like that, sometimes maybe it's saying I'm the shit. Fuck you. And maybe I'm saying, hey, thank you for coming out. God bless you all. It's 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 just interesting. From it's a contrast to how you start sets where you're like, I'm at work. I need to get used to this. And then you sort of like, thank you for the time that we've shared. Yeah. Hey, you know, whatchamacallit would let the audience die down too. Elvis. Who? Elvis. I didn't know that. And then he go, oh, God is blesses you like he has blessed me. Good night. So because he didn't leave on a ruckusness, they were like, he's coming back for an encore. He's coming back for an encore. That's why people go, Elvis has left the building because they're like no not after that shit he's coming back i'm sure <laughs> he's, this motherfucker's coming back <laughs> so that sound means it's time for our, our final segment which is called the laughing round it's like a lightning round type questions but because this is a comedy podcast i call it uh the laughing round okay. um cool uh do you have a favorite like joke joke like a street joke street joke dad joke or Knock knock joke. Oh yeah, knock knock. Who's there? I don't know, but here he comes again. <laughs> <laughs> so, so for those people listening, the joke involved doing a sort of arm snake across the camera. Yeah, and then an arm snake back. I just want to make sure for the for the listeners. Um, there's the joke I of yours I always remember, um, which is from your Comedy Central was the joke about the monkey. Uh-huh. Um, I just want to ask you about that joke. Um, you you often talk about albums in your set. Can you tell me about coming up? Do you remember that monkey joke? Yeah. Um, I had to plug in. It went down and said um that it was like ten uh, percent or some something. Oh, so I had to I had to scoot over and plug it in. Oh, it's no worries. Um, well, yeah, I I went to South America. I went to South America with a friend of mine. And and um and and it was a little monkey and he got um orphaned or whatever he's like a baby brought him back to New York yeah you're not supposed to do that you know that right I do know that <laughs> yeah took him took him to Florida or something like that who knows what happened to that little dude man because they were saying he couldn't couldn't stay there because anyway yeah so it was just the adventures I made up stories about him. 
And it was and it was so fun telling people I got a pet monkey. They go, yeah, fuck up. <laughs> they always go, Tony, where's you crazy? But yeah. But she was worried about it because she was like, please don't tell anybody because we could get in trouble. Hmm. I had no, I assumed that was a fake story about a monkey then to hear that this was based on a real monkey is amazing yeah. already. And then right after that, a lady got a face bit off. But no, that was a chimpanzee. This was uh this was uh like a little magac. He was like a little yeah. a little South American monkey. Oh okay, so I guess um Tony's computer did die. Uh, but I will uh in honor of Tony, I will just respond to that happening and be like uh, God bless you, Tony Woods. I am Jesse Fox. Let's listen to uh the monkey joke. I like to have a pet, you know, because I live by myself. And I'm on the road sometimes two, three weeks at a time, you know. And it'd be nice to have someone in my apartment who's happy to see me, you know. Somebody who has not been looking through my Because <laughs> women seem to want to do that all the time. They'll look through your things. Hey, what are you looking for? Do you have something to hide? <laughs> I'm going to have a body to hide if you keep it up. I think the perfect pet for me would be like a monkey. Because, you know, everybody wants a monkey. You know, from little, you know, when you're a kid, you're like, oh, I'd like to have a monkey. You know, just think about having a monkey. That'd be so nice. You wouldn't have to stay there. He can, he can feed himself, open the refrigerator, work the blender. He can even answer the phone. He can't say nothing, but he can pick it up. A dog shows excitement. He's like, <laughs> and you know he's happy. But a, a monkey can actually smile and stuff. You know, when you walk in the door, you're like, monkey, and he's like, <laughs> you hug each other. <laughs> we can watch TV together. Watch like Discovery Channel. He probably sit there and say, hey, I know him. You don't know him, monkey. <laughs> I take him for walks too. You know. But no leash for my monkey. As a matter of fact, if I had a monkey, I'd dress him just like me. We'd hang out, I'd take him to nightclubs and stuff. I'd just shave his monkey hair off, get him some little leather pants, little tight muscle shirt. Oh, that'd be nice, take him to a club. But, you know, no offense to anybody here who happened to be like Asian or Latino, but that's the type of club we'd probably have to go to, you know. Yeah, you know, we gotta go somewhere where everybody's short. No, because if I take him to a regular club, somebody's going to catch on. <laughs> somebody's going to go, hey, that midget looks just like a monkey. <laughs> Seeing him flip three times. <laughs> Who knows, he may get lucky. Sitting at the bar, drinking his little banana daiquiris. Some drunk girl comes up, she's like, hey, you know what I like about you? You don't talk as much as those other guys. He just look at her and go, ha <laughs> She can't talk. Who knows, they may even go home together. Just imagine that, they're kissing and messing around. Oh my God. You know, she may touch him. Just, you know, just touch him. Now, you as a regular man, you get hot, you might throw your woman on the bed and go, yeah. But he's a wild animal. His hot may be a little hotter. She touches his little monkey weenies of, ah! And the hair in the back of his neck stands up and he takes his hand and pops her right in the forehead. 
And she just falls out, oh, you like it, Rob. <laughs> Women get disgusted, but just think about it, he can probably do things a regular man could never do. He can do the traditional doggy style without even putting his feet on the ground. He's right there on your back. Smack your ass with his foot. How'd you do that with your hands on my shoulders? I'm a monkey. His dismount would be cool. Cause you know, a regular man, his dismount is this. But he's a monkey, he's gonna do a little flip. Going to the kitchen. I think that's the end. That's it for another episode of Good One. You can watch Tony Wood's episode of They Ready on Netflix. Follow Tony on Twitter at Mr. Tony Woods and on Instagram at Tony Woods, uh, but, but with a, you know, with a Z, Woods. Good One is produced by myself, Jelani Carter, Hannah Rosen, and Camila Salazar. Gautam Shrikashin did our theme song. Write a review and rate the show on Apple Podcasts. Five stars, please. Email any comments, questions, or laughing around suggestions to goodonepodcast at gmail.com or tweet at us at goodonepodcast. I'm Jesse David Fox, and you can follow me at Jesse David Fox. And if you haven't, please check out my new Patreon podcast, The Specials. Good One is a production of Vulture in the Box Media Podcast Network. We'll be back next week on Thursday with Brian Regan. Have a good one. Support for this episode of Good One came from the Wondery Podcast, WikiHole. WikiHole takes listeners on a wild journey through the most bizarre catacombs of everyone's favorite crowdsourced online encyclopedia. Listen to host Darcy Carden and her funniest comedian friends dive deep into the obscure, the absurd, and the curiously inane. There's truly something for everyone with a taste for oddly fascinating information. Whether you're interested in Crystal Pepsi, Lenny Kravitz, or how Carden's fear of dolphins connects to Stetson hats. Follow WikiHole on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to WikiHole ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com.